What is up, people? You are listening to another episode of the Imperial Broadcast. I'm your host, Shamari Stewart, joined as always by my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Kendall, it has been a little bit. Yeah, Shamari. Uh, first show in, in about three three weeks to a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, to be frank, not a lot has happened in yep. that uh, month-long period since we've uh, been off the air, but um with that obviously like you said with a month off definitely stuff that uh we'll be able to talk about on this show um while not a lot has happened specifically in the star wars universe we have had a lot happen in the um world of disney i mean disney right now is in a bit of a crisis uh bob Iger had a very very uh public interview with i believe it was cnbc where he basically acknowledge that they're going to pivot their whole content strategy, you know, content release strategy and, um, you know, a lot of their company structure uh, when it comes to IP is going to change greatly. So obviously we've talked about it a lot on Hero Talk the last couple of weeks when it comes to Marvel. Um, and obviously Marvel has had a bit of their record. It's had a reckoning, so to speak, with the uh, after the release of Secret Evasion. But uh, what does that mean for Star Wars? We'll get into that. Um, you know, we've had some updates, some minor updates on some of the Disney plus star Wars series that we have coming out that are scheduled to be released. So we'll talk about that. Um, and then of course, you know, the, the biggest reason why we are back this week is we've got the, uh, release of Ahsoka, um, on Disney plus dropping this week. Um, we're recording this Sunday night, uh, supposed to drop on Tuesday, what I believe a double header, two episodes. So, um, yes. yeah, yeah. I mean, this is going to be a a really big deal, obviously, and we'll have plenty to talk about on all things Ahsoka. So, yeah, big show. I'm excited to talk about all these different topics. Um, and you know, I'm just glad to be back talking Star Wars. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, as you said, Kendall, you know, it's been a a little bit, um. I mean, things have happened, but it's a lot of the attention surrounding, um, um, I guess, television and movies and things of that nature has been regarding the SAG-AFTRA strike, which, as it should be, um, because that is a very, um, and the right, and the, um, and the uh, writer's strike as well. Um, uh, And as it should be, because that is a very significant event. Um. That is uh, not only, of course, going to have a, a very real impact on what we're able to see and discuss, um, but also because it has a real impact on the people that are working on these projects and how much they get compensated for that. So um, so that's kind of been taking the lead in terms of uh, what's been going on. Um, and, you know, we'll you know, as much as we can, as much as we're, we're able to, we'll also, you know, discuss what effects um, this may have or will have on um, the Star Wars projects that, um, you know, we know are scheduled um, uh, to be released as well. Um, so I think that um, is probably a, a, a pretty good segue into our first uh, topic here. So I wanted to start the show um, by talking about um, 
a show that we had not heard a lot about. And now all of a sudden we're hearing more about, which I don't think is a coincidence. Um, but Lando, um, if you listen to the show for a little while, you'll know that this is a show that we had uh, had been discussed, had been rumored, had been confirmed. Um, and and then we kind of just heard nothing about it, which is not unfamiliar um, to us on this sh- on this show <laughs> um, and on the other shows in the New Generation Podcast Network as well. Um, you know, you hear about something, you think, oh, is this coming out? Why is this coming out? Which me and Kendall were certainly asking those questions. Not totally sure why we needed a Lando show or what that would even look like. Um, but um, I did enjoy Donald Glover as Lando. I believe Kendall, I believe Kendall, um, uh, you did as well. I did. Um, so, you know, if that's what they plan to make, then then we have to see. Um, you know, we just kind of have to see and then judge for ourselves what it is. Now, um, it was revealed recently that this show um, will be written by um, Donald Glover and his brother, uh, Stephen Glover. Um, uh, so the project was actually announced back in 2020. So it was three years ago um, that this was announced. So, again, kind of pointing back to uh, that the fact that you know things kind of are, are announced and then we just don't know what's going on with them uh, for for quite a while, um, um, so you know of course you know the we heard that that was being made and then it was just kind of put on pause, seemingly just indefinitely it was just on pause and we didn't know what was going out if it was coming out. Um, and now we're hearing that Glover is going to be writing it and his brother's and Donald Glover is going to be writing it and that his brother's going to be writing it. Um, of course we know Donald Glover will be starring as Lando and, um, uh, there's word that, it, uh, Billy D may be involved in some way, shape or form as well. Um, possibly. Um, so, uh, that's something that we'll have to see, but Kendall, what are your thoughts on Lando? Um, being written by Donald Glover and Stephen Glover. Um, look, I mean, I think that this is, I think obviously I think the biggest piece of news in this is that Lando is still a thing. Um, yes. you know, I want to say Kathleen Kennedy had said that like fairly recently within the last two or three months, she was yeah, asked about Lando and she, she like, said, yeah, she said, you know, that's something that's still on the board essentially. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know how many people actually believed her or took her seriously. <laughs> she also said Ryan Johnson's trilogy is still on the board. I, we know that's not happening. So, um, but clearly, you know, these, those comments coincided with this news, uh, highlights that Lando is going to probably going to, probably going to come out at some point when that is, I don't know. Um, but it's probably going to come out at some point. It's clearly somewhere on the priority list at Lucasfilm, at least prior to the strike and and that was the word because all again this got announced during the strike obviously but i think he signed on prior to the strike but prior to the strike and prior to whatever disney's going through right now things can change and we'll talk about that in a little bit but but assuming you know all this is how all the reporting is as current as it can be um this is uh again you know an indication that lando is coming out um what it means for the show. I mean, look, Donald and Steven Glover, uh, those guys are a talented duo when it comes to, you know, television, you know, and, and television writing. Uh, you know, we're all huge fans of Atlanta. 
uh, series on FX. And, yes. I mean, those guys uh, are the, you know, those guys are the brains behind that show. Uh, from a writing standpoint, obviously Glover stars in that show as well. Um, and I feel like that's the model for what they're trying to go at, get at with this Lando series. Is, you know, having, and I think we've seen that before. A lot of times it's usually producer, actor, but um, having your lead actor be heavily involved in the actual story making process is uh, is never a bad thing. And again, when somebody that we know with a demonstrated background in this and being able to make a show like Atlanta that is extremely smart and extremely, uh, you know, funny, um, it's good. Again, I think I think it's only a good uh, a good outcome for this show. Uh, it's going to be different, you know. And I think we we probably knew that from the jump. But like this should be nothing like the Favreau show. It should be nothing like Andor. This should be a lot more in the vein of um, whatever you'd expect. A Donald Glover, Lando Calrissian show to, to look like and be, um, and uh, you know, even in terms of structure, I, I'd almost argue like Atlanta for the most part is pretty episodic. It's not super linear in terms of the story, and I'd almost argue like even though it's Star Wars and Lando definitely could have linear stories, like I don't know if this needs to be like that. Like this could be fairly episodic, and I wouldn't complain because I feel like. You can still do that and do it good. You just have to kind of inform your audience as to what they're going to be seeing, you know, and not expecting it to look like Book of Boba Fett, for example. So, yeah, I mean, I think overall, I think this is good news. Like you said, the, the Billy D thing is interesting because he he had tweeted like some sort of like tease as like, oh, we got some good news coming out, uh, like right as that stuff was happening. Uh, but then it seemed like he was just teasing some sort of book that he was writing or some sort of like. Bio, biography or something like that so um mm. but for the longest time you know the the rumor was that billy d would be involved and his story that they introduced in the last and uh rise of skywalker would carry over into the series um who knows if that's still the case uh with a writing change sometimes comes story changes so it's very possible that was the case and it's very possible the glover brothers have a different idea in mind or something changed at Lucasfilm and that's part of the reason why they made the writing change and that includes Billy D being out. I don't know. Um we didn't really we don't really know if he was ever involved. But uh but yeah, that that'll be the big question is is this strictly Donald Glover's Lando or is this a a like a mix between Donald Glover's Lando and Billy D's Lando as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um I think this will be a good test of just how much quote unquote creative freedom the creators have in these Star Wars projects um, in terms of, in terms of, um, and I don't know who even necessarily is giving that freedom now. If it's Dave Filoni, if it's Kathleen Kennedy, if it's, if it's, uh, you know, Bob Iger. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know how how high up the chain in necessarily these things necessarily go, but this will definitely be a, a stress test. I I think um, of that. Not that not that I think Glover would make some kind of crazy kooky um, show that would you know push the boundaries of <laughs> what a regular Star Wars fan would would enjoy. But I I do think it it will be different. That's one thing that I that I do expect. Um, 
and I think just how different uh, will be very revealing in and of itself um, of how this this I don't know if you'd call it a new Lucasfilm how this 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 Lucasfilm that we're seeing now post episode nine you know just how the how much freedom these creators have um, as well it's, it, it, it's funny because um, the other person I was thinking of that was in that uh, quartet, or whatever you want to call it, of uh, of, of you know higher ups at Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. Michelle Rejuan. And I was like, I wonder where she fits in nowadays because she's been quiet. And I looked her up, yeah. and apparently she stepped down in October from her senior VP role at Lucasfilm, but she's still a producer with a bunch of Lucasfilm and Disney pro- projects. So I thought that was interesting. I think that's part of the remodeling that you're talking about. Um, yeah, more than likely. Um, we may have even talked about that. I'm not totally certain, but um, yeah, I do not remember that. I, you know, I I didn't know. I almost didn't know that. To be honest with you, I I, I kind of knew that like her focus was mainly on like the acolyte. Right. Uh, that at least that's what I had heard early on, and so I just kind of assumed like yeah, like the Favreau stuff, the Favreau stuff. You know, Andor's Andor. Apparently, she worked. She was a producer on Andor as well. But like Andor's Andor, and that's you know Tony Gilroy's project. But like this one was was her and Christina Headland. You know, like that was the. I felt like that was like the the messaging that we were getting, but mm-hmm. um, but it seems like uh something there was some sort of a shakeup, and again that a lot of it coincides with uh Dave Filoni's promotion as well. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. We really don't know who the power brokers are at, at Lucasfilm right now. Um, Lucasfilm's a mess, and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it when it comes to yeah. this Disney thing, but they've got like three or four separate divisions working on different stuff. I don't know what's most important to them. I don't know, like, again, who carries the weight, because as far as, like, Filoni has the title of, like, head creative and whatnot, but, like, is he... Telling James Mangold what what to do and what not to do with his movie, you know, is he telling, um, you know, the woman that's making the Ray movie what to do and what not to do? Uh, that uh, I don't know. You know, I I almost find it hard to believe. So that's that's going to be the question with Lucasfilm's structure is um, what actually like I don't know who's who's like overseeing this Lando show because we know it's not John Favreau. Um, is it just, is it, is it just Donald Glover? Did they just tell Donald Glover you have free reign? You know, here's some story group guys. Here's, you know, here's Filoni's number in case you got questions, but for the most part, do whatever you want. That's the only question that I have. Yeah. I mean, it's a big question. We don't know where, you know, who is, um, approving these things. Is this like how, just how orchestrated is this story? um going forward right like who is um you know like 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 you said like who is guiding this i mean i we would i would hope that it's dave filoni personally but um but but he may be only doing it up to a certain point right like so i don't even know you know it's very unclear um you know, we've said this before. I think he should just be it again. I wouldn't be opposed to a if anyone is familiar with the superhero movies in, in DC, uh, similar to like a DC setup, 
where it's him and maybe somebody else uh, who knows more of the business side, if that was a concern, which it may not be, but if it is, where he, him, and somebody else are the presidents, I guess, co-presidents of Lucasfilm. Um, I mean, I think a, an arrangement like that where he is clearly, you know, head of everything, quite frankly, at Lucasfilm, <laughs> and any story that is being told is being done in his vision, similar to if he were, quite frankly, George Lucas, when Lucas was running Lucasfilm. Um, though, of course, he was the, you know, CEO, so obviously the buck completely stopped at him for everything. But, but, um, so it's not quite the same, but it, it I mean, it's almost kind of the same. Um, because these, these entities are so massive. I mean, yeah. Marvel and Lucasfilm in itself is so massive and encompasses so much. It's like its own company. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine that. You know, Bob Iger and I guess the Disney, you know, shareholders and whatnot. The board. Um, yeah, the board <laughs> would um would empower the presidents of each each, you know, subdivision of Disney to run it like the, their own company. You know? So um then this is what Variety said about Filoni's title. Right. Um this is back in twenty twenty one. Um it said uh uh Apparently, fans caught this because Lucasfilm had changed his title on the website. Yes, and yep, I remember that. And he, he, uh, Variety said, Filoni's title as executive creative director captures the complicated role of overseeing both individual series and a larger storyline that weaves together several shows. And so, to me, that like reads like he's head of the Mandoverse, the creative vision of the Mandoverse. Right, is Dave Filoni, and so we can't just call him creator or executive producer or like it's got to be something bigger than that because this is gonna encapsulate five, four or five shows, you know, and right. uh, and movies, obviously. So that that's it, so my question is: once you get beyond that, where is the connective tissue? Is there any connective tissue? Um, is that even a concern at this point? Because right now, like we're gonna talk about with Disney, what else are they working on? Um, again, they've got three movies coming out between, uh, you know, the Ray movie, the Mandoverse movie with Filoni and the James Mangold Jedi movie. Uh, we've got three movies that are planned. We know that from what we've heard with Iger and Disney, that seems to be their priority right now is focusing on movies. Uh, and when it comes to Disney plus, just kind of scaling back on content, um, the reason that it's very interesting when it comes to Lucasfilm is that Lucasfilm's approach over the last two or three years has been the exact opposite. Their their approach has been scaled back on movies post Rise uh, Rise of Skywalker, and you know push the Disney Plus series and push you know you know that vertical as opposed to the the, the movie side of it. So, like, what does that mean for Lucasfilm and Star Wars? Because Disney Plus has been a big deal for them, and I'm not. Obviously, Disney's not getting rid of Disney Plus, so like there will always be content there, new shows, new series that are developed there. But um, I, I just wonder what does that mean for Star Wars if we're if we're saying uh, we've got less shows now and more movies, or just less Star Wars content in general? Um, I think that's an interesting question. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like we can kind of try to have a kind of a, a broader discussion on Disney, the state of Disney right now in general, and um, and um, what, as you you mentioned at the top of the show, Bob Iger's comments about scaling back content, um, and and um, you know, and what that means for Lucasfilm. So I, it's funny. I recently watched the video, and I'm probably I'm actually probably going to send it to you, Kendall, soon. Um, but I recently watched a video made by Matt Pat from Game Theory. Um, which shout out to Matt Pat and <laughs> watches videos every now and then. But he has a, actually has a separate channel called Film Theory, which I didn't even I just realized. And he did a whole video on um, Disney and its current collapse. Um, and of course, he had his whole kind of information and all this. You know, he does his breakdowns and, you know, if you've seen any of his videos, you know what his breakdowns are. But um, but yeah, Disney's not in a in a great spot. I think their shares are, re- are like really low, almost in like, you know, pandemic levels like they, their shares are very low. They're there's it's or the or the like the, the stock is, is just low. It's just not Disney and just the and just the the um, the brand itself is just not what it was. Yeah, it's taking a um, hit. It's taking a very significant hit um on all, almost all fronts. Uh and 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 I know this is a Star Wars show obviously we're going to focus more on that, but on almost all fronts. I mean, I'm talking Pixar, uh uh Marvel, Star Wars obviously we're talking about that. Um and um I mean, ESPN just laid off like a million people. Oh yeah, um, and people have a lot of complaints about ESPN as well. There's a lot. Just the brand in general, just Disney's brand in general, has taken a lot of hits. There's all this speculation about Apple buying Disney and Iger wanting to sell, just cut his losses, just sell Disney to Apple, possibly. Um, there's just a lot of just negative. Just a lot of negative <laughs> um, PR right now surrounding the Disney brand. Um, and when it comes to Lucasfilm specifically, um, they need they they something needs to change. Something significant needs to change. I think it's it's part of the reason why this rumor this pers- very persistent rumor about Kathleen Kennedy either uh, that she either has been fired or is being kind of soft fired in the sense of her contract is definitely not being renewed. And she's been notified of that, which is almost kind of like a firing in, in, of, of sorts. Um, and, um, and just the, and just the, the general sense of from a uh, see, I, I would say a, pretty sizable portion of the fan base so right now um that she's got to go um which i find a lot of irony in because you know george had to deal with that a lot um you know of course after the prequels came out and then disney didn't want anything to do with george when they want to do their sequel trilogy and now kennedy's getting hate because her thing isn't her stuff is, isn't isn't as good as people would like it to be, and now they don't know what to do. So it's just I, I I just I just think there's irony in that. But it's just 
yeah, it's just it's generally it's not a good place to be. I don't know. I I think I think there's several steps that they can take to try to remedy this for for Lucasfilm specifically. I don't know about Disney as a whole. They they have a lot of issues going on, but I think there's steps they can take to remedy this. But first, I want to hear your thoughts on this this situation in general, Kendall. Yeah, I mean. Like you said, Disney's in a weird spot right now. Um, the stuff we hear behind the scenes at Marvel seems to be changing day by day. Um, we'll talk about it more on Hero Talk, but there's, you know, there's like there's conversations behind the scenes now about Marvel maybe actually hitting the reset button after Secret Wars uh, and rebooting. Um, if that's the case. I don't know if that's the case again. We'll have that conversation on Hero Talk at some point. Right. Uh, but like, I don't think that was their plan. But clearly, they are uh, they're in a bit of a crisis mode, and so things are happening, you know. Um, but when it comes to Star Wars, I feel like their plan was laid out obviously at Celebration. That's that's the difference between Star Lucasfilm and, and Marvel right now. Is Marvel hasn't had any sort of communication with the fans in over a year uh whereas lucasfilm just had celebration so we're pretty up to date on what the what the future of star wars looks like if if celebration was supposed to come out now like during the strike or we just this was just a year where we didn't have celebration we'd be lost Mm -hmm. right now which i think i'll probably have a note to say about celebration as well because we've talked about how I, i think there should be more celebrations yes um but yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. You can no, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. That's a great point. I mean, it's you know, it's literally, I think it's it's. I won't say it's saving Lucasfilm, but it's it's giving Lucasfilm uh, an edge right now over Marvel to the fact that they've been able to communicate what their plans are to their fan base, and we're not just left speculating and having to dig into leaks and rumors about what's coming out, and we don't know what's true and what's not. Um. So, mm-hmm. you know. Again, credit where credit's due, but, um, but yeah, I don't, you know, I don't really know what the future lies because the the interesting thing about celebration is that, as far as I remember, if I as, as far as I can remember, I don't think they announced any new Disney Plus projects at Celebration, right? Um, it was all movies, no. um, so that mm-hmm. may it, it's very possible that this that this mindset, um, like may have been in the works for a while. Uh, this idea that they're going to pivot from Disney Plus to movies. Because uh, the fact that they announced three movies and no Disney Plus series, again, definitely a change in philosophy from where we were uh, two years ago. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think the question really for Star Wars is beyond like what platforms you're releasing your projects on. Um, like again, I just think focusing your focusing your content is going to be important because you know I just feel like they've been a little bit all over the place, but I feel like the great thing for them has been that shared Mandoverse universe that Filoni and Favreau have created. Because um, I feel like I almost feel like I don't want to say it's the new like sequel trilogy, it's the new like Skywalker trilogy, you know, or anything like that. But it feels like the most connected thing that we have right now in Star Wars. Um, you know, yeah. besides arguably like, I don't know, the Jedi Survivor games. Like, you know, it's the most it's the most connected thing that we have 
uh, from a non uh, from a non, from a visual media medium uh, or from a non comic, you know, or, or written medium. So um, I definitely uh, wonder, uh, you know, what happens if they don't if they lean less into that model and they go back to just the movies that aren't a trilogy or aren't like a new series like can you just live on these anthology movies that would be the question but um yeah no i mean i just i i i i wonder in the immediate future what their plans are um and i just wonder in the long term like what do you uh are they going to continue with the same model yeah, I mean it's it's that's kind of the question. Um, I mean, I think. I mean, I so there's a few things I think that they can do to remedy the situation, or to get to at least get the ball rolling in remedying the situation for Lucasfilm and Star Wars. Specifically, this is, I guess, is part of Disney as a whole, but just for Lucasfilm specifically. Um, and we've mentioned, I feel like we mentioned all of these different things <laughs> many times on the show. But, you know, just for the sake of, of record, I guess, for on this specific topic, um, I think putting Dave Filoni and maybe someone else um, in charge of Lucasfilm and um, to, in, to, in order to replace Kathleen Kennedy and or I'd say I'd say doing that or and I don't know if they've done this already, but if they haven't putting Dave Filoni explicitly in charge of the creative direction um, with checks with with just with so basically putting him kind of at the same level as Kathleen Kennedy. Um, so if she were to stay on board, it would just be really be mostly just in a business sense, not really in a creative sense. Um, um, because I do think once since we've heard about Dave being in charge, things have been gone mostly pretty well. Um, so I, you know, if she, I mean, if she just stays to handle the business side, I don't think that's an issue. Um, you know, I don't think she does a bad job when she's not influ trying to influence the creative direction of the of the franchise. Um, so. You know, I don't. I wouldn't mind her being involved in that sense, but having Dave Filoni, I think, who has been involved, who has he just checks every box that you would want as a fan. He's worked with closely with George. He listens to George. He would definitely lean on George's advice. Um, he probably is doing so still today. Um, he, um, you know, has created great Star Wars stories with tenant characters in animation for a long time. And um, and now even in live action and has done very well in live action um, and, you know, has good relationships with all the cast, crew, actors, uh, leadership, people at Lucasfilm. There's nothing I mean, there's nothing that you wouldn't is there's nothing else except except just the business. OK, what have you done in terms of managing a project with X amount of budget, X amount of crew and X amount of blah, 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 you know, and and he has probably more limited experience in that than, you know, say a John Favreau or, you know, somebody else who has more experience in that. Um, 
but I but he's getting the experience and he's done really good so far. This episodes of The Mandalorian, I very much enjoyed, and him since he's been in the creative direction role, I've enjoyed almost everything that's come out. Um, some some of the Mandalorian season three stuff wasn't as good. I I don't think, um, but um, but for the most part, I think they've been hitting on all cylinders creatively. So, I think putting him in charge of work, I think on a, on another front, having more celebrations would help, just in terms of drumming up buzz, excitement, um, making sure Star Wars fans, um, in all of your key promotional areas. I mean, is, I mean, is there a limit? I mean, Disney has, you know, practically bottomless pockets i mean you mean is there a limit to how many cons that they that that they can you know that they can feasibly do um so i mean they should just be having more of these right i mean there's no i I don't see why not um so yeah so that's that's something that i I think they should do as well um and keno did you have a a thought on that as well yeah no i mean i was just gonna say that i i I agree that you know, more Star Wars celebrations in other areas of the world um, is a great idea. Um, they you said they have enough content uh, when there's not a strike or COVID, obviously, but they have right. enough content. Um, there's enough level of interest. Um, and it's something where, like, I'm not saying, just like we talk about with, like, you know, San Diego Comic-Con versus New York Comic-Con, like, I'm not saying, like, you need to have five or six mega right. panels, mega announcements for everything. Yeah. Like you have just one big announcement for each one. Um, again, two, if you have them twice a year, one in the spring, one in the fall, like, yep. or winter yep. or whatever, like I think you, you, you spread it out enough to where I think people, again, you get people interested and, um, and I feel like, Again, I think that those do a really good job of connecting with the fan base, with with both the actors and um, and obviously the creators of these series. Uh, just you know, I think it's a lot better than just staying quiet and not doing anything or announcing something through a press release. But uh, yeah, I mean, and I mean, I, like honestly, think about like the excitement that DC had built up using DC fandom, and yep, yep. think about. Where DC, where DC has been this last year without yes. DC fandom, and the lack of excitement people had for Shazam two, the lack of excitement people had for Black Adam, the lack of excitement people had for the Flash, think of, you know, Blue Beetle even like all of these movies, I think would have done better if they had DC fandom, uh, you know. That made, <laughs> I agree. You know that that may sound ridiculous, but I just feel like the 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 like. There was just no buzz, you know. There was no juice around any of those releases, um, and Aquaman, like Aquaman's going to get pushed back for sure. But like that's walking into that same trap yeah. where there's just nobody talking about it. It's like people don't even know it exists, um, and that's that's the that's that's what you can create when you have fandom or when you have a celebration. Uh, if you're talking Star Wars, like obviously Ahsoka, there's. You know, there was some buzz, and obviously the strike has kind of hurt that a little bit because uh, I can't really promote it. Um, you know, the actors can't, but uh, they they did a good job of drumming up buzz for that. And 
uh, overall most of the projects that they have coming out um, at this last celebration. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that I think 100 percent. I think you're right that that is um, something that I think they should do. And it's also possible like I wouldn't I wouldn't advocate for this, but. As we talked about DC Fandom, that was a, obviously a digital event. Like it's possible that maybe you have one in person and you have another digital one. Like that's true as well. You know, I mean, yep. Nintendo has you know made a killing off the concept of Nintendo Directs. Um, and yep, you want to talk about keeping the the fan base engaged? They use the Nintendo Direct model to do that, and it works for the most part. Um, and they don't have to spend money on. A venue or you know again lease leasing any sort of space or anything like that um logistically it's very easy and simple for them so that is an option as well but yeah no i think uh there's a lot of things right now going on at disney a lot of a lot of things and you know the future of kennedy has been speculated pretty much every minute since force awakens has come out um mm-hmm. and i don't really at this point, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, she's still here. As long as Iger's here, she's probably going to be here. Um, you know, Indy, Indy, Indiana Jones 5 being a, a, a flop was kind of like, you know, that was probably not the biggest uh, mistake for her or biggest error, but that was the one where it might have been the last straw in terms of the goodwill that she's had at Lucasfilm. But, uh, but I don't know. I, you know, it's very possible that her streaming numbers are really good. So... If that's the case, um, you know, they, they may see that and still value, you know, her. But Willow, obviously, was a flop. Indiana Jones was a flop. So, and those were both big deals for Lucasfilm. Um, so, I'm, I don't know. I'm curious to see how they uh, how they operate um, going forward. Yeah, it will definitely be curious. I'm definitely curious to see that as well. Um and I just think the last thing I think they they need is just to be willing to take risks um, creatively. This is something that that I think extends to probably all of Disney, maybe even all of Hollywood, but especially all of Disney, um, is being willing to to create new things and try new things, or just to branch out from the safest possible route. Like the sequel trilogy itself is like an exhibit A of how not to be creative. I mean, honestly, um, how to be very derivative and safe and do the safest possible thing to try to make as much money as humanly possible Um, and just get people that can cut up a good trailer and drum up a lot of buzz about, you know, Supreme Leader Snoke and all this stuff. And oh, no, it's just Palpatine. It's like, what? Yeah, we didn't know where we were going to go with the story anyway. We were just kind of winging it. What? You know, like. Like, no, like know what you're going to do. Take creative risks. Bring people in into a room if need be. Call George. God, call George. Call George and get his input. Dave would call George, which is a big part of the reason I think he should be in charge. But call George, (laughs) get his input and come up with a story. An interesting story or or outside of calling George. What do the fans want? Listen, what are the fans asking for? <laughs> yeah. What is the fan base 
asking for. They're not asking for, I need, if it's not a new hope again, then I don't want to watch it. That's not what they're saying. That's not what they're saying. They announced an old Republic game. There's a ton of buzz surrounding that. Um, the High Republic is getting a lot of buzz, right? I mean, the, apparently the panel at Celebration was packed. Completely packed from like, from like edge, ed, end to end. Packed. Um, I mean, start creating things and the Acolyte is kind of starting bridges at that territory, which we'll see how successful that is. Um, but they should dive deep into that. Like, dive deep into new stories. That's what George did. That's how Star Wars was made. <laughs> it's like this just fear of risk. It's so risk averse. And it's just, it's biting them in the butt. It's completely biting them in the butt for Star Wars. And eventually, it's going to hit their wallets or their profits, and which is also their wallets. You know, it's going to hit, it's going to just, fans are going to be like, this is the same old thing. I'm just, it's boring. It's the same old thing. I'm not interested. I spoke to a friend of mine. Um, just the other day, he was complaining to me about Star Wars. And he was a big Star Wars. He was one of the biggest Star Wars fans I knew. Complaining for for upwards of 10 minutes about Star Wars. It's just so derivative. It's all just... It's just Disney now. It's just I'm just not engaged with what they're doing. Fan, fans are just not engaged. They need to do something new. They need to try something different. Filoni is not afraid to try something different. Ahsoka herself was something different. And it worked. So, yeah, that's my spiel. That's my rant on that. Um, but I do want to also uh, briefly talk before we jump into Ahsoka, because I know, of course, that's why we're doing this show. Um, I do also want to briefly discuss um, the Acolyte as well. Um, so the Acolyte, um, and this is... Um, uh, based, this is coming from um, Entertainment Weekly in their uh, Star Wars podcast. Shout out to their Star Wars podcast. I actually have not, um, as this honestly, it's kind of news to me that they had a Star Wars podcast at Dagobah Dispatch, but shout out to them. Um, uh, they uh, got to sit down with, and this was during celebration, so this was not, did not break any, um, any of the, they did not cross any picket lines or, or, or anything to, uh, to, uh, uh, to obtain or to deliver this information, but um, they heard from Daphne Keene, Manny Jacinto, and Charlie Barnett um, uh, during celebration uh, talking about uh, the acolyte, um, and uh, it's just it's just interesting. They're just honestly their comments. And I'm not going to go too, too into too much great uh, detail, um, but they are very uh, they're very excited about the action. Which, of course, at me being an action person, me loving the the action in the prequels, is exactly what I want to hear. They even specifically called out the the fight between Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Darth Maul, and said, "If you like that, you'll like what we do in this show." Which, of course, is exactly what I want to hear. Um. So again, just just continuous comments about how, um, you know, um how there's the the stunts and the the stunt coordination in the show is very high quality and and um it's a lot of fighting um uh, not maybe not quite as much uh you know blaster fire and a lot of uh 
a lot of actual hand-to-hand or combat with weapons, combat with lightsabers, things that things that you just you want to see, things that Star Wars fans want to see, or you're not thinking too hard about it. It's just <laughs> there's a lightsaber. I want to see this lightsaber go up against that lightsaber. Like who's gonna win? Can I see that? And just giving it to us. So it's all really stuff that I am wanting to hear. But Kenna, what are your thoughts on um on this in general, on the acolyte? Um, what's your reaction to this? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I think it makes sense. Uh, that's what's interesting about, like, you know, the Mandoverse hasn't been very lightsaber battle-y, whatever you want to call it. It hasn't been about a bunch of lightsaber mm-hmm. battles and stuff like that. Ahsoka might change that. Um, and we'll talk about Ahsoka in a little bit, but the... But like I feel like a lot of these other shows have been, you know, at least Obi Wan was, and, uh, that being the main one. But like Obi Wan, Obi Wan, kind of scratched that itch, so to speak. Um, and now this one feels to be following in those footsteps. And now we've got Ahsoka coming out, so it feels like these shows now are leaning more into that, uh, as opposed to just like the other parts of Star Wars that were that we've grown to become accustomed to over the last couple of years. So yeah, I mean, it's so, I mean, uh, the acolyte fits that description for what you'd expect. Um, you know, when you're talking about a lot of force, you know, users, I'd imagine to be involved in the Sith or whatever, um, in the era, obviously it being, you know, high Republic, you know, adjacent suggests that uh, again, there's plenty of, Plenty of Jedi, plenty of Sith, plenty of lightsabers. So, um, not a surprise that 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 would be the way that they do it. I think the thing I'm most excited to see with the Acolyte is like just seeing a new environment because as as great as the Mandoverse is, um, and as much as I liked like uh, Obi Wan and Andor and all these different shows that they made. I just feel like the settings have all kind of been the same, and the settings, even though they're all, they, even though a lot of them take place in different times, like it, they don't really feel like it. You know, uh, we never really went to Coruscant in in you know Obi Wan or anything. It makes sense, obviously, but we never really went to. A lot of it's still like very Tatooine looky, very yeah. Uh, a lot of sand or, you know, Tatooine, Jakku. Yeah, Jakku. That or, planet from Andor. It was very yeah. sandy as well. Whatchamacallit, uh, or, or it's a lot of cantinas and stuff like that. Yep. Like it's, cantinas. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I'm, and again, we don't know what yet. Maybe the Acolyte will look just like the the rest of them. But like, you know, EJ always jokes on Hero Talk. He talks about the Atlanta sweatshop. Like, I feel like. You know, Lucasfilm's kind of got to get out of the the whatever it's called, the ILM sweatshop. You know, <laughs> put us in a new yeah. put us in a new environment um, that we haven't seen yet. Because I feel like really just kind of recycling the same set pieces in their uh, in their little VR room. But like once they figure out, you know, and and hopefully, because I just feel like with the accolade, I feel like you can't just recycle the same things because it's too too drastic of a time difference. Like you can, I guess, you know, the, uh, the the world doesn't change in Star Wars that much, but um, I'd hope that like 
we we're on Coruscant or on these different planets that now are more in play now that this is pre episode one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. Um, I know. Um, I know in the High Republic. Jeez, I'm trying to think of what planets. I think I believe Coruscant. I think Coruscant is like the only. I mean, outside of Coruscant, the in terms of the planets that the in terms of the, everything that I've consumed, all the higher public content that I've consumed thus far, um, none of the other planets have been planets that we knew about. Um, or if there have been like very few other outside of that, it's all been new planets. So, you know, which is good. But the, yeah, I agree. They got to expand the universe. They got to expand the universe. That's another big complaint that I have with the sequel trilogy as a whole, with Disney Star Wars as a whole. Is they're not expanding the universe. It just feels small. Just making it feel smaller and smaller and smaller. Like there's no new. Ever we always go, go either go back to Tatooine or a Tatooine like place, or you know, indoor or an indoor like place. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, it's the same. It's the same thing. So. Um, like I thought, um, um, man, I'm blanking on the planet from, uh, the last Jedi, the one with all the salt on it at the end. I thought that was a good one. Right. Uh, that was, that was new. You Not know, Canto Bite. huh? You're not talking Canto Bite. No, no. Um, though I didn't mind Canto Bite as much as I think a lot of other people did. Yeah. Same, um, same. apparently the, the, um, uh, K vest, the character in, in, um, you know, Star Wars Outlaw, Outlaws, she's from Canto Bight. So that's right, right. a part of the game. So that's pretty interesting. Um, but I didn't mind Canto Bight as much, but but the other one at the, where they had the final battle at the end with Luke fighting uh, fighting uh, Kylo Ren and he wasn't really there and all that kind of stuff. Um, but um, but yeah, they got to they got to start making more planets. So I'm hoping I do hope we see that in the Acolyte um, as well. I am. I'm really liking what what I'm hearing so far about it. I like everything that I'm hearing from everyone that's worked on the project. Um, I don't know. Do we, Kendall? Do we know if this if the timeline has been affected when it comes to their release? Uh I don't think they were done filming. Um, maybe they were, but I'm assuming that that'll get pushed back. I would, I would assume so as well. Because even if they were done filming to some degree, I'm sure they wanted to do some version of some level of, uh, you know, at reshoots and post-production work. Um, yeah. I mean, apparently, I just I just looked things up. Apparently, they wrapped shooting in early June of this year. Right. Um, or, or uh, so people are saying, you know, 2024, um, so they might they might be able to get away with it, especially if they've already planned a twenty two. I mean, we knew that it wasn't supposed to come out this year, but like, you know, if you finished in June and you're not planning on release until twenty twenty four anyway, you know, I'm sure they're still working on it in house. But right. they probably don't need too much actor work, and if they do, I'm sure it's stuff that you know they could work on end of the year if if the strike closes. I mean, if the strike obviously the strike's going. Going through to till twenty twenty four, then yeah, I, I'm assuming it gets pushed back. But if if it's done sometime in the fall, like I think a lot of people hope, 
then I'd assume that it might. It, we really don't know what on time would be, but if it's, you'll say the uh, spring of 2024, I think that that's still possible. Yeah, it probably is. I mean, especially, I mean, we'll see what happens with the strike, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I would think that's possible. I mean, if they finish a rap production early, I don't know if they saw the writing on the wall or what, but right. um, then I definitely think it's possible. The, mm-hmm. the thing of the, like the thing I'm most excited about, um, and I, and I mentioned it before already, but like, like I'm just, I'm curious again, I'm curious to see how they handle like a different timeline. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still again, a little yep. concerned that they're not going to like make it feel different, but you almost have to, I mean, this is the mm-hmm. only thing that they've done. Is this the only thing that they've done pre episode one? Like, yes, in a visual medium, like you like can't, you can't pretend like this is, can't play the hits. Like, I'm worried that they're gonna, they've been very safe in terms of wanting to play the hits a lot. And you know, like, like Shamari said, if it's not Endor, it's an Endor like planet. If it's not Tatooine, it's a Tatooine like planet, just so that people have that visual, uh, you know, reference in their head that yes, this is Star Wars. This shouldn't be like that. This should be. This shouldn't look like what we're used to. It should maybe look closer to what Phantom Menace was. That's again, that would be the closest visual reference that you have, like the prequel movies. But like outside of that, for the most part, it should look entirely different from what we're used to in a Star Wars sense. So that's what I'm hoping is that they capture that. Because I mean, I'm not I'm not worried about that with James Mangold's movie because that's going to be so distant into the past that. And that's sort of the point of it that obviously it's going to be different. But uh, but with this, there's just enough wiggle room for them to be like, eh, yeah, you know, it, it, you know, a couple of lightsabers. But for the most part, same kind of same kind of setting that we're used to. Um, so I'm hoping exactly. again. And I, I don't I I don't think I uh, well, I know I wasn't at Celebration. I can confirm that. I don't remember if. Somehow I was able to teleport into the room and somehow see some footage from Acolyte. <laughs> um, right. If I did, I don't, I don't remember what they sh- showed. Uh, so um, I'll have to see if I can go back into my memory bank and rewatch it somehow. But uh, <laughs> rewatch what they showed. <laughs> but no, I mean that's the that that'll be that that's the interesting thing that they did obviously show stuff from Acolyte. So people that were at Celebration. Uh, had a pretty good, probably have a pretty good idea of what the setting and the set pieces and the costumes and everything looks like. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we get to see, you know, at some point um, what they showed, because that was quite a while ago. Um, but, uh, or or we get to see, you know, in a format that is uh, high res. <laughs> More explicit. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So we'll we'll obviously be tracking that as well. Um, you know, keeping track of when if we get any update in terms of release date, update in terms of what we may be seeing um, in the acolyte. Um, I'm very excited for it, very hopeful for it. Um, I agree with you, Ken. I hope we see some interest new settings um, in this show as well. Um, and uh, that the action is lives up to 
what it's being hyped to be and that there's plenty of it too and uh, not that it's just you know one scene at the very end of the show like we, we get it throughout um as well but all right so i want us to dive in to our ahsoka discussion now can i also want to make sure i have a disclaimer here now we have seen a lot of the uh like tv spots and trailers and things of that nature if you have not and you want to go in without with fresh with no knowledge of anything then you may want to skip you or you may just want to end the show quite frankly because we're ending the show on this topic um yeah so i just want to give our listeners a quick heads up about that um because we will be discussing what has been shown in the most recent trailers and tv spots um so um so yeah that that claim disclaimer has been uh given and we will jump into the discussion um so ahsoka is coming out it's coming out very soon it's fast approaching um by the time you're listening to this you may have possibly already seen it um so it this is um i would say this isn't quite as big of a drop as obi-wan kenobi um but outside of that, I think this is the the biggest Star Wars drop we've gotten um, since since any of the movies I think were dropped. Um, because this to me feels like a feels like a like a live action Rebel season five type situation. Um, but yeah, we've been getting we've gotten multiple trailers, multiple TV spots. Um, I am liking everything that I've seen from all these trailers and TV spots. Now, Kendall, we had been speculated, we had speculated about Anakin Skywalker possibly being in the show. There's been rumors about Anakin and Obi-Wan's fight on Mustafar being in the show. And then Ahsoka possibly being, thrust into that situation through the world between worlds. And um, there's been a lot of discussion about the world between worlds and whether or not it's actually in the show. If we saw it in the trailers or not, if, if um, just a lot of speculation, how much are we going to see Ezra? Are we not going to see Ezra? Um, Which we better see Ezra. That's, but we'll talk about that. I'm sure as well, but um, are we going to see Zeb? Where is Zeb? So a lot of questions. Um, Uh, I think the thing I want to kind of jump off on, jump, jump right into is uh, this, the, one of the later TV spots we've gotten seems to me to kind of confirm Anakin's presence. It seems like they show Hayden Christensen oh, yeah. not in the show. It looks like it's the clip from Obi-Wan, I think. But, yeah. um, but then you have Hayden's voice reciting what I believe I haven't confirmed this. So I'll, I'm, I'm going to just, be completely honest, but I believe it's the lines that he was saying in the um, Tales of the Jedi, which Kendall did have used. Did you watch Tales of the Jedi yet? Um, I I don't think I got to the Ahsoka part. I think I only saw Duke. Um, because in the, one of the Ahsoka episodes, he's like training her on how to like deflect blaster bolts and things like that. And I believe he's reciting lines from that episode of tales of the jedi okay but it's hayden saying the lines that man lanter was saying right 
Um, I believe that's what I haven't confirmed it. So I could be wrong. You know, I'm sure if we're wrong, we'll probably be, be notified. I'll probably be notified, <laughs> notified by somebody. But, um, but I believe that is that is what they were showing. And that's in itself is pretty epic, I think, even if that was done just for this trailer. Um, but kind of what are your thoughts on on Anakin possibly being in the show? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Anakin, look, I mean, from a from a surprise standpoint, um from a surprise standpoint, I'm not I'm not surprised. I mean, that was already like they had already kind of reported that, uh which obviously in today's day and age, yes. you can't really avoid the trade saying Hayden Christensen is going to be in Ahsoka and there's yes. a large level of confusion in terms of how does that even work. Um Right. You know, look, I was, I'll be frank, I was disappointed in, in the Hayden Christensen involvement in Obi-Wan. Um, yes, I agree. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed it. I thought he was great, but he's barely in it. And mm -hmm. they way oversold the idea of him being in it. Like, and that was my biggest question throughout that whole, you know, lead up into Obi-Wan. I was like, what does that even mean? He, Hayden Christensen is playing Darth Vader. Like, you know, he's in a suit the whole time. There better be a lot of flashbacks and, um, <laughs> right. you know, or just him, like, not in the Darth Vader suit. There wasn't a lot of flashbacks. There wasn't a lot of him in the Darth Vader, not in the Darth Vader suit. There was, like, one scene, there was, like, one flashback, and there's, like, one scene of him not in the Darth Vader suit. So, that could have been anybody. It didn't have to be Hayden Christensen, you know, for those moments. Those, to me, came off more like cameos than they did, like, him being an actual cast member. So, um, so with this, I feel like they were a little bit more coy about it. They weren't just like making him the face of the promotion like they did with Obi-Wan just to try and get people to to to, to watch. But um but I did think it was an interesting choice to, you know, now start playing these TV spots. Like this is like their, you know, this is like their TV spot that they're playing now constantly to get people to watch. Like this is the you know Ahsoka's coming out this week, you know here's you know Vader, you know Anakin Ahsoka like I, very strange like to me I feel like feel like there was definitely some sort of conversation from a marketing standpoint at Lucasfilm that we need to hammer home the point that like there's a lot of people that don't know who Ahsoka Tano is even still as much as they tried to push her character and so. There's a lot of people that don't know who she is. So let me let's explain to them that the the the, the reason people care about this character is because she is Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. And let's hammer home that point. It's not, you yep. know, she was in uh Mandalorian or this and that. Like that's true. All that stuff is true, but it's not Rosario Dawson's playing the character. It's the fact that she's Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. This was introduced in a cartoon and it's she's been a very major character since her creation. Um, and they've tried, they tried to hammer home that point with these TV spots. I don't think it has much to do with the story. Like, I'm sure the story, Anakin's definitely involved in the story. He has to be, but like, but I don't think that like, you know, we're, I'm, I'm not watching this expecting a ton of Hayden Christensen or expecting a ton of Anakin Skywalker, like force ghosts and flashbacks and stuff. <laughs> I'm sure. There will be versions of that. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I'd almost be disappointed if there's more Anakin in this than there was in Obi-Wan. I like, I'll be disappointed more so in Obi-Wan than it would be in this show. I'll be glad that he's in this show in general, but like, I just come away being like, well, who made the decision to put him in this, but not in, 
fucking Obi-Wan. Like, I don't think that makes any sense. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I mean, I, like, again, I thought it was an interesting decision for them to show that. I don't, again, I don't get so worried and, like, they spoiled the show for me because, again, I don't know how much you got to factor in. And two, we already kind of knew he was in it. So it's just them playing their last big piece. I'm just hoping, as we've talked about before with, um, these Mandover shows, typically they don't show you a lot. This show has been a lot different. They, this show, they said we're gonna we're gonna run the the Queen's Gambit of uh you know cameos and things that we have up our sleeve, and I'm just worried that they don't have much else. You know, they've already shown us Thrawn. They've already shown us Ezra. I didn't need to see Ezra. They've already shown us Ezra. Uh, <laughs> you know, and now we've, they've shown you Anakin, and again, definitely didn't need to see Anakin. Like these things, these are things that we were supposed to just ex- experience when the show came out. Um, so again, bizarre that they've changed that they've taken that path. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, they showed Ezra, but I need a lot more Ezra. They need to they need to make sure that Ezra is in this show. Um. Or that he gets his and or and or that he gets his own show, which is another rumor. That's a topic for another day, um, probably after Ahsoka's already done. But um, one of those two things or both, because if Ezra's not in the show, I need to see some Ezra. We got an Ezra cast. We saw him in the hologram. So he needs to be in this show, especially if this is supposed to be some kind of rebels. You get everybody else from rebels in. Sabine is practically a main character. She's in the show swinging a lightsaber around. And we can't even see Ezra, um, let alone holding a lightsaber. All we see is a hologram. So hopefully he's in the show with his lightsaber, like putting in work, like doing things. Um, but yeah, I, 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 um, I, I feel similarly um, when it comes to the Anakin thing because I think it was a probably a bigger deal with Anakin being in Obi-Wan Kenobi because we did not think that they had interacted outside of A New Hope after the Mustafar fight. Um, whereas we know Darth Vader at this point in time has already interacted with Ahsoka. Um, yes. So, you know, anything more would just be uh, extra. Um, and it would just be the live action that would be the, that would be kind of the bigger deal is seeing it in live action um which would still be really nice but it wouldn't be quite as big as i mean anakin and obi-wan i mean and that's anakin and obi-wan i mean these are like tenant um star wars characters like when you think of star wars you think of these characters so um so yeah um so i agree i do i do agree with you in that sense i'm i'm excited i'm still excited for anakin uh, being in the show, um, I don't know how much screen time I'm expecting him to have. Um, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same amount as an Obi-Wan, which wasn't even a whole lot anyway. Um, and by screen time, I mean like his face being on screen, like not in a Vader suit. So I, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same amount. I mean, I don't. I would just hope if there are any flashbacks that they use their de-aging technology that, you know, we all know they have um, 
because what they did in Obi-Wan just wasn't sufficient. If they, if they were trying to convince us that he was younger, though, I would imagine any flashbacks of him in Ahsoka, he would be already a Clone Wars general. So he could still, they don't have to make him look like really young, um, but younger, you know, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I still think it's, I think it's pretty significant that Anakin is being in the show and, um, and I'm hopeful that I'm, I don't know. I'm very open when it comes to Anakin being in the show. I don't really care in what way if it's flashbacks, if it's force ghosts, if it's Vader. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm very open. Just whatever they have to show me with Anakin, you know, I'm very much open to whatever it is they have to show. Um, I do want to get your thoughts on on the Ezra situation, though, Kendall. I I I I feel like we've talked about this before, but Ezra really needs to be in this show. Like, I think that would be a big missed opportunity if Ezra is not in this show. Now, now, I mean, look, we know he's in the show to a degree. Like, they cast him. You know, he has to be in the show on some level. Now right. you're arguing how much is he in the show? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, is he is he a is he a hologram? You know, like is he? Oh yeah, this is the the body that you see in the hologram. Like, or or, or is he like, you know, oh you see his his smile at the very the Luke Skywalker in Episode Seven. You see his smile at the end of the the, the finale. Like, no, I want him to be like in the show, like a character in the show with lines, doing things. For like more than like half an episode, <laughs> you know that that's what I mean when I say in the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I feel like his inclusion. I don't know. It's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. I don't. I mean, he's definitely like I said, he's definitely in it. Uh, I would be surprised if he doesn't. The it, it like. I think the, the the bar the bottom like the least amount that I'd expect him is like uh is some sort of post credit scene or some sort of like ending scene in the last episode like kind of a epilogue kind of thing like Ezra's back keys mm-hmm. into like the future of whatever that's like worst case scenario so to speak in terms of the amount of time the amount we see in Ezra of Ezra I should say. Um, I expect that we'll get that moment in like a penultimate episode or something like that. I think a lot okay. of the, a lot of the series will be about trying to find Ezra, um, and Thrawn and all that. And I think by the time we get, uh, by the time we get to like the finale, I think we'll probably have seen Ezra or get introduced to Ezra pretty early on. Uh, so I think we'll get Ezra. I just don't think. He's a main character in the show. Um, I think he's supposed to be one of those quote unquote surprises uh, that we end up getting later in the show, which I think will be big. I think it'll be major. Um, you know, I think one of the interesting things is that that I've heard from some of these reactions is uh, that shocked me is that it sounds like if you've never seen Rebels, that you can still watch this show very clearly and it's very understandable and it's not a not confusing at all. Um, very surprising to me. I'm not really sure how it's possible. Um, you know, I, and then, uh, apparently I've heard that. And then I've heard like from the same person that said, that saw, that said that, that 
said that, that they've never seen Rebels. Uh, also said, uh, yeah, but I'm sure if you have seen Rebels, this this will be an enhanced experience. But um, but the story has nothing to do with Rebels, so to speak. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Then this is only the first two episodes that were screened, but I'm interested to see how that plays out because I don't know if that's really possible for the people that saw Rebels to still get really good continuity and callbacks, but people that never saw Rebels could still understand it clearly. I've been hearing that too. Uh, I mean, I there's no way that if you didn't see Rebels that you're that you're not going to have a lessened experience. It just is because you don't have all the context. Um, now, can you still enjoy it? I mean, it's Star Wars. Of course you can enjoy it, right? Um, you know, if you like the Force, and Ahsoka is, isn't afraid to use the Force. So if you like seeing the Force, if you like seeing lightsaber fights, if you like a character that's, you know, self-assured and isn't afraid to, you know, cut things up and use her abilities, then you'll enjoy the Ahsoka show. So I, I don't doubt that it's something that people that didn't watch Rebels can enjoy. Um, but it will set definitely be an enhanced experience uh, for if you have seen Rebels. I also wonder how much of their relationships are going to be explained through exposition as well. I would imagine that may be something that we just need to, if you're a fan of this stuff, you just need to sit through. Like if Ahsoka and Sabine have a three-minute conversation on everything that happened in season four <laughs> of Rebels, um, basically kind of leaving us where we were at towards the end of that season, then that's just kind of what it is, what it, you know, that's just the exposition scene. And then you kind of move on from there. Um, you know, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me too much, but, um, but yeah, it's, it, it'll be interesting. Um, it'll be, it, 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 it there's no doubt it's going to be like harder for you to like really understand, um, like what's going on without either having seen rebels or, or again, those scenes of exposition are just going to be necessary. Like when Thrawn shows up, we're going to need an explanation of like who he is. Like we're going to need an explanation of why is this the only blue guy that's like telling people what to do in the empire? Like, like why is that? They're going to need a scene explaining that, um, which I don't even know if we got that in rebels, mind you, but, um, no, Rebels kind of just, they didn't really get into his backstory. Uh, they kind of assumed anybody's watching this probably knows who he is. If they don't, they'll Google yeah. it and they'll find out. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, they don't I, care. I think was, yeah, yeah. I think, they, I think they pretty much just assume, you know, whatever. I don't know if they can do that here because he's because he's visually so striking. Right. That it's like, what's the deal with this guy? Like, where did he even come from? You know? So I feel like eventually... Even if it's later on in the show, maybe they'll have to kind of at least hint at some kind of backstory of him, like how he got there, what, where he came from, you know, it doesn't have to be too in depth, but something I feel like they'd have to include. And what are your expectations for, for Thrawn in general in this show? Kind of, Yeah. Thrawn is the one that I'm like curious how much he's involved because I mean, I feel like he's gotta be, if he doesn't show up, by the second episode, 
Like, if he's, like, you know, last scene in the second episode, they finally, like, tease her on him, be, be kind of upset. You know, I'll take it. You know, it doesn't mean the show's going to be terrible uh, because, of, you know, he's on right. the first two episodes, but be a little disappointed. Um, but I'd hope that he's in this show a lot. I mean, you know, this is not a tease that goes back to, uh, like, just a trailer, you know, or an article. Like, this is a tease that goes back all the way to the second season of Mandalorian goes back all the way to his inclusion in Star Wars Rebels even, um, you know, and his introduction in season three. Like, I mean, at this point, I'm like, we, like, what's the point of hiding him? Like, we know who this guy is at this point, uh, at least for Star Wars characters, at least for, for, for you know, Rebels fans and Star Wars fans and Thrawn fans. Like, you know who he is. So what's the point of playing this long game of, oh, you know, Grand Admiral Thrawn's out there, you know, like, we already did this with Ahsoka, with, with Ahsoka's inclusion in Mandalorian, and it was great, you know, but now at this point, we Mandalorian Season 3, they played this game where Thrawn's, like, mentioned, and Thrawn is out there, but we don't see him, you know, that was bizarre, uh, so... At this mm-hmm. point, I hope that we get Thrawn fairly early. Regardless, I think he's in it for quite a bit because they wouldn't have shown him in a trailer if he wasn't. Uh, really, I'm just excited to see Lars Mikkelsen's uh, performance. I'm excited to see how he does. I'm excited to see how he looks because that's going to be, you know, jarring. Obviously, that we only get really one real shot of him in in the trailer. Uh, how does he look consistently? You know, will be a question as well. Um, but yeah, I think that plus the Thrawn and and I think this Ahsoka Sabine relationship, yep, going to be the two big things because am I am I often thinking that and maybe I have to rewatch Rebels to some degree, but I I feel like I'm not going to go as far as say they they're manufacturing this Ahsoka Sabine thing because they obviously they 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 hinted that that was going to happen in Rebels, but like I feel like. There's definitely some stuff we haven't seen, you know, and that's natural. There was, you know, massive time jump and whatnot. But I, I, ju- I just wonder, like, if, um, like, I wonder how much they're gonna like have to explain in terms of that r- dynamic and that relationship because they weren't. It wasn't so obvious. This was like a, you know, a Jedi Padawan situation before, um, right? Who was it? Was it her or was it, or was it Kanan that kind of taught her how to use a lightsaber? It was Kanan. Yeah, it was Kanan, right? I was wondering, <laughs> I was like, am I tripping? Like, I feel like it was Kanan yeah, that no, taught her how to yeah, use a lightsaber. Yeah, definitely Kanan. You know, so like that, and you know, like that, that almost feels like that. You know, I'm not going to say it gets undercut because, again, you know, it, it's a natural progression, but I, that's the only thing that I'm interested to see how they juggle that because Filoni created all these characters, so it's not like it's somebody coming out of left field and making something up. Like this is Floney's vision. So I'll just, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And Keenan's absence in general, I'm also wondering how they're going to handle that. Um, with this kind of being a, a rebel successor. Um, I mean, he's just, I mean, you got chopper and Sabine in the show. I mean, Keenan's just gone. And if they just never mention him, that'll be a little weird. Um, (laughs) So yeah. especially with Hera being in the show too. I mean, how does she never mention King? I would be surprised. I'll put it now. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. I haven't seen anything, but I would be surprised if we don't get 
Jason Sindula. You'd be surprised if we don't get Jason. I I would get some. I'd be surprised. Not. I wouldn't be shocked. But like, so not so not like a mention. You mean like him in the show, like getting like? Yeah, and that's that's where it gets dicey. You know, because I can see him being mentioned. I can see. I would be. I would definitely be surprised if there was absolutely no mention or or anything. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, if she has a son, I mean that's if Hera has a son, I mean that's relevant. Right. Um, um, him in the show, just knowing Filoni, I would still be a little bit surprised if he's not in it. Like, Filoni, he's kind of like Greg Weissman, you know, from Young Justice, where I just feel like he plants these seeds, like, they got, they're going somewhere. You know, like, <laughs> he doesn't, he, a lot of times he doesn't just introduce the concepts just to, just to bury him. So, I don't know. I feel like, we, I feel like we'll, we may see him. Um, it it really a lot of that hedges on how much of a character Hera is, based off the cast the casting of Mary Elizabeth Weinstead and how much we've seen her in the trailers. I get the sense that she's going to be a pretty big character, and if she is, I don't think you can really ignore him. I don't think you can ignore Kanan, and I think if he's in it, then you definitely can't ignore Kanan. You know, so I think that that all of that makes me think that I think we will get Kanan references and. Uh, Plenty of him sort of involved, even if Freddie Prince wants them to kill the character completely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think we get Kanan to some degree, and I think uh, you know, and I think we get Zeb, and obviously we know we're getting Chopper. Like I think we'll get the whole Ghost Crew. I think that that's sort of one of the big selling points for making this show. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we will as well. That's I think we might not get them all together until the very end, but I agree with you. Um, and I think there's going to be a, a lot. I mean, of course, as a show, you would expect a show with like like this, but I think there's there's going to be a lot of of exploration with Ahsoka. We may get flashbacks similar to Tales of the Jedi. We may get. Um, you know, uh, again, conversation with Force Ghosts, possibly. Um, this is going to be, I feel like there's going to be a true, like, just Ahsoka, like, just an exploration of this character. Um, but just with all these Rebels characters in it, basically, <laughs> um, it's going to be interesting. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see. Um in general, I have, I'm going to be honest, this is a Filoni-led project. I have I have high expectations for this. I'm expecting this to be, um, I'm expecting this to be better. I, I expect this probably to be the best live action thing we've gotten on Disney+. Plus. Um, um, for for Lucasfilm specifically, that's what I'm expecting. Um, you know, I mean, Dave. I mean, when it comes to what he's created with Clone Wars, with um, a lot of the shining spots and Rebels, um, with uh, with uh, Tales of the Jedi. I mean, mm-hmm. he knows Star Wars. I'm I have high expectations. Um, I'm expecting this to be great. Not even just solid. I'm expecting this to be great. Rosario Dawson's great. 
Lars Bickelson's great as Thrawn. Um, I have very high expectations. I'm sure I would expect that he would probably have sought some kind of either guidance or something from George, because I know George, of course, also created the Ahsoka character. Um, I have very high expectations. Uh, but Keno, how? What are your what are your just your thoughts and your expectations for this series? Yeah, I mean, I like. I don't like. I don't know. Like, I don't like. The only thing that tempers my expectations even a little bit is Obi Wan. You know, because Obi Wan mm. should have been. Yeah. That should have been uh, the best thing that we had knowledge in Star Wars, and it was. Well, Kendall, you know, you know what kind of cracked that illusion? Once I saw the Grand Inquisitor, <laughs> yeah, that was the, the red flag. In that trailer, once I saw that Grand Inquisitor, I was like, oh, that was, that was a red flag. Um, yep. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. Uh, did did we ever get like that cleared up? Like, well, no, because he died, but then he came back, right? Was that a day? Yeah, yeah. Because remember, we were like, wait, the Grand Inquisitor is dead. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, how does that work? Um, <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, no. Um, it's it, it like that. That'll uh, that'll be. That'll be interesting, but no, I, I mean the thing. The thing for me, like obviously, we saw Obi Wan, and that didn't necessarily live up to all the expectations that it had. This one, I hope you know, can live up to those expectations. Um, the great thing that we've heard from some of the early reactions is that is that the first two episodes don't have a whole lot of filler. Uh, it's just all story is what I believe it was Collider Frosty put out there all all story no filler um and that's how i think all of these stories should be besides yeah, something exactly. that's like lando something like um, yeah like andor was like that exactly andor was like that as well like you know this should be all story and you know andor i think suffered from like the story naturally because it's just not like lightsabers and Jedi stuff gradually right, exactly. being a little bit more uh you know you gotta pay more attention. You know, I don't wanna call it boring, but however you want to yep. look at it. Um this show I don't think we'll have to worry I don't think you have to worry about this, especially if you're a Rebels fan. Like every scene should be captivating. Um mm-hmm. like that's what's crazy. Like like Mandalore, we were like practically begging Mandalorian season three to just have like one scene of Ahsoka and one scene of Thrawn or one scene of Sabine. And like, uh, I feel like this is what we were asking for, but it's going to be the entire show. Um, the only times I'm going to be kind of like, who are these people? Are those, uh, it's like Ray Stevenson's character and the, the, the you know, the Sith, whatever they are, you know? <laughs> like, uh-huh. they're the only ones that I'm kind of like, I don't know, you know. They'll have to convince me why I'm supposed to care about these characters. Uh, that's always the challenge when it comes to these Star Wars shows that they've made. Is these when they introduce these new characters, like an Obi Wan, they introduce the uh, the uh, what should we call the girl third that sister. worked. Uh, well, yeah, third sister. But I was thinking about the girl that was working with Obi Wan, and then she died. Oh yeah, and, like, yeah, like you know, like the path. Yeah, like like why was I supposed to care about her? Um, I think they did a decent job, but I think that hurt them for a lot of people. It was like she died, and a lot of people were just like okay. Um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously, you know, Reva was a lot. It was on a lot larger of a scale. Uh, them introducing that character and having to create reasons to care about this character. So I think that that'll be the question with this show is that when you have a character, we have a show that's littered with almost entirely returning legacy characters, which I think is a great thing. Um, you know, even on the rebel side, like mom, Mothma being involved in all these different other different characters, I'm sure we'll, we'll be familiar with. Um, they'll have to, they'll have to, you know, indicate and, and illustrate why we're supposed to care about these new characters that they introduce. I also wonder on the Imperial side, like how much do we get? Obviously we talk about Thrawn involved, yeah. but like do we get Brendel Hux involved at all? Like do we get into any of the other politics of the Empire or because this is taking place post episode six. Yep. Um so I'm just wondering what does that even look like at this point? Uh it's, that's I just think it's going to be an interesting thing to 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 follow as well. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Um, didn't they say? Uh, and I don't know if we I, I, we may have discussed this. I feel like I because I saw um, they were saying that this show takes place like concurrently with like Mando season three. Maybe I, I have to look it up again. Yeah, that was the yeah that was the word. Yeah, um, or that that's what the um, the uh, actor that's portraying Sabine had, it had uh, either stated outright or implied at least that it's taking place at the same time as, you know, you know, they were talking about the shadow council and all that kind of stuff. Where's Thrawn and all that. Kind of stuff. So I don't know if we'll see, I guess we'll see where he was or what's been going on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it'll be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, we'll have to see, we will have to see uh, how the show goes. I'm, I have, I have higher hopes for these the new characters that are going to be introduced, the new Force users, um, the Darksiders that that we're going to be seeing. Um, and I think, I think what helps them is that I know, I at least know that Thrawn is in the show. Like, so I'm not like, okay, the the show is falling on you guys. Like, you guys better be good. You know, yeah, they're not really <laughs> the villains. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of like, okay, as long as they're good enough. Right, they're a good enough foil for Ahsoka. You know, even if she puts them away quick, I know Thrawn is still there. <laughs> you know, so I'm not like gonna be going crazy. But um, but yeah, I'm I am I'm in. I'm in, I'm invested, I'm excited. They moved it up a day, so we'll get to see a Tuesday night. So that'll be an exciting premiere. Um I guess for, for the final for Final thoughts. I want to get. I want. Ken, I want to get one thing from you that you think we that you think would be like a surprise that you think we might see in the show. Ah, uh, oh man. I mean, look. You talked about like the the Ahsoka the Ahsoka Vader fight scene or something like that. That's mm-hmm. a very bizarre concept. Something on Mustafar. I don't know if that that ends up happening or whatnot, but. Um, Surprise in this show. I mean, look, the show's got to lead into some sort of Mandoverse movie, right? Like, I don't know if we're even getting a season two of Ahsoka. Um, I, so I don't really know what, like, I, it's so hard to, like, even forecast what their plan is. Um, I'm going to say, uh, do we get Mando in this show? I think it's a big question. 
Mm, that is a good Mando, my guess would be no. But like he's so easy to do because you don't you just yeah very easy yeah. put him in the costume and have you know what you call it record a couple lines yeah Pedro Pascal yeah have Pascal record a couple lines and put him in the costume like he doesn't he doesn't have to be Pedro in the costume if you don't want him to um mm-hmm. yeah that, I mean that's a big question um that's the, I mean I think that's definitely a possibility I think we see Luke that's my that's my uh old prediction that's a big one. I think we get Luke Skywalker. That's a big. That would be massive. Um, and I know we've already seen him a few times, and he keeps looking better and better every time we see him. Yeah, but that would be massive. I would. <laughs> that'll be very special. <laughs> we talked about the fact that Shamu <laughs> isn't working at Lucasfilm anymore. Apparently, the fact that what <laughs> Shamu is like not at Lucasfilm or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what happened there. But... Yeah, it's too bad. That's a loss for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's interesting. No, that would be that would be big. I would like to see Luke. That would be really nice. Um, I'd say for me, uh, I don't know. This might be a little dark, but I say not all the Ghost Crew members make it out. That would be my my. Uh, I don't surprise. think so. I mean, unless it's Chopper, not to be like callous. <laughs> anti-droid like <laughs> you know but like i just i mean zeb i guess in theory could be could be a candidate they're not really doing much with him um right no pun intended with the cow isn't he like a soldier now anyway so isn't he like kind of in the front lines anyway right you know as far as we saw um doing some new republic work so it's i mean it's possible zeb is a character it makes sense but um do we get anything with like agent callus that's a good question. You know, we haven't that heard be... anything about him being involved. Oh, I mean, this isn't like, this isn't a major bold prediction, but I think it's the lock. We see Rex, right? Like, tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah, we got to see Rex. That's another one. Definitely seeing Rex. That's another one. We got to see Rex. That would be a big omission if uh, if Rex isn't in Yeah, mission. that'd be up there with, like, it's not quite, you know, me waiting on Liam Neeson to be an Obi-Wan, but it's up there. Where yeah, I'm it's kind of out there. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. Like, why would, especially with tomorrow morning, the way he campaigns. Yeah, exactly. Community joints, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to be like, no, nah, we don't want Rex. Yeah. And Dave would put Rex in this. Dave would put yes. Tamora Morrison in it and put Rex in it. And, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't like miss an opportunity like that. Right. Um, yeah. So I, that's, I think that's another one. I do think Rex is going to be in this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's possible. I think it's possible that someone, I think Ezra's safe. So there's a few people I think are safe. I think Ezra's safe. Um, and Ahsoka, I think that might be the only one. I think I could see, I could see Hera going out. Well, no, actually, no, Hera is also safe because just by the timeline, she is in the New Republic. <laughs> she is like, I think just by definition, she's safe. But. Right. But um, but I think Sabine could go. I could see Sabine going. I wouldn't like it, but I could I'd see it shocked. happening. I could see it happening. That would add teeth to Thrawn or you know whoever else. Um, if they're trying to add some teeth to one of these one of these villains, I could I could see it, and it'd be very sad and tragic. But I could definitely see that. Um, but yeah, that that's my bold prediction: is that someone doesn't make it back. From the ghost crew. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think that, that that would be fairly surprising. 
And like you said, if we give Thrawn some teeth, I think honestly, like this is a very crucial Thrawn portrayal because yes. obviously it's the most gonna have the most eyeballs he's ever had as a character besides maybe the original books um it's gonna be the most eyeballs he's ever had as a character and like the rebels version of thrawn was good but it wasn't it wasn't spectacular uh Mm -hmm. but like i think the argument that we always had at the time and the argument you could even make now is that like that just wasn't a show that was really made for grand admiral thrawn you know, it was it was fine for what like you, you know he was, he did the best he could for what that was supposed to be, and Floney made did the best he could for what that show right. is. But like, you know, it's not like Thrawn's not like some like you know, you know he's not like you know some like murderous like psychopath or whatever. Like I'm right. not saying he's not saber tooth or I'm like he's got to be you know beheading guys, kind of racking up a massive like, body count. Right, exactly. But like. But you just feel like, yeah, a show like that is just not going to be, he's not going to make him like super dark and deep and whatnot. But like with this, they've got to, they've got to really, like you talked about, give him some teeth and really illustrate why this guy has all this hype, um, both in show and just from the fans in general. Like you can't tease this guy in season two of The Mandalorian and then he finally shows up and it's like, this was the big deal. He's just another uh, Gideon. Like he can't just be another Gideon. Like he's got, <laughs> right, exactly. He's got to be, to be different. <laughs> you know, it's got to be very clear. It can't just be a blue Gideon. Like he's got to be, to be very <laughs> clear why he's is where he is. And they reference the heir, him being the heir to the empire, and this and that. It's got to be very obvious why. You know, and um, obviously, villain writing is not easy. And villain writing, uh, you know, has is is not easy, and it's something that you almost kind of got to like. That almost has to be a perfect storm in many ways, but they need this one to hit because if it does, then I mean, this movie that they're making, I assume he's going to be the villain of that is is going to be huge. Um, if he's just okay, then I, I there have a lot of questions about Thrawn as a character and them being able to adapt him in live action. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And um, yeah. Yeah. No. No. You're right. I mean, I would imagine we know for a fact that he reached out to Timothy Gallon also, also, you know, right. So, yes. Yep. To be a pretty legit version of Thrawn. Yeah. And they need to emphasize his um, rank as well, because he's current. He's the highest ranking member of the Imperial Navy. Yeah. Um, he's a Grand Admiral. Um, you he I believe in is supposed to be the only Grand Admiral, um, especially at this point in time. So he should be the, he should be basically leading the empire, um, which was a whole thing with, with the, uh, area of the empire trilogy as well. So, um, so yeah, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they can portray all that and, and we get to see that. Um, but I think that is a good place to end it. Uh, so this is our Ahsoka preview. So next time we hop on this show, we will have seen Ahsoka, at least the first two episodes. Um, and we will be discussing, giving our thoughts and, you know, surprised us, what did it, what we're hoping for the rest of the series and so on. Um, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, and of course we'll be tracking everything else with the show, with, uh, 
Lucasfilm as well. Any other changes, updates with any shows, updates with the strike as well. If there are any meaningful updates there um, and everything else. All right. So as always, thank you all so much for listening in. I'm your host, Shamori, joined by Kendall, and we will see you guys next time. Peace.